also like to shout out tricycle.org, as a Buddhism baby like me would have never understood such a complex philosophy without their approachable teachings. Before we get going here, I'd like to start with a quick disclaimer. I am by no means a Buddhist expert. I am but a 16-year-old baby who just recently became acquainted with the workings of Buddhism. So I most definitely will have left out a few details here or there. There are countless sects of Buddhism, and even more teachings of the Buddha. To truly encapsulate the philosophies and beliefs of Buddhism, I would have had to have been a monk even before I was a microscopic sperm cell. My aim is not to provide you with all the necessary knowledge to reach nirvana. I also lays vain attempts at humor throughout these four episodes. I do not mean to offend any Buddhist whatsoever, and I hopefully won't. My goal was to create a digestible podcast that would spark interest for Buddhism in a group of individuals where hours of reading and meditation is none too enticing. I believe that a lot of people could stand to benefit from a relationship with Buddhism. I believe this because Buddhism has helped me greatly. Recently, it was a bright light in a room that was rather dim. This podcast is more like a helping hand for those who may need it too. I know I never would have got into it if an author named Brad Warner didn't write a book with the same goal as I. So if your interest is sparked as mine was too, I would strongly recommend you go there for a more comprehensive guide to Buddhism. With all that out of the way, let's get started. There's a chance you've already read the Siddhartha Gautama. It would have you believe that the Buddha was a common villager dwelling among the Brahmins of ancient India, these Brahmins of course being ancient Hindu priests. However, the Buddha was born Siddhartha Gautama to king and queen of a clan known as the Shakayas. The Shakayas were located in a place known as Limbini, modernly known as Nepal. Shortly after the birth, legend states his father, King Sadahanda, had a sage give his son's prophecy. It was said that Siddhartha would either be a great king or a spiritual leader. By the way, if this was true, this man definitely deserves a fat raise. Anyways, since his father didn't much like the idea of his godly son leaving the palace, much less to pursue non-kingdom-related achievements, he showered Siddhartha with every luxury possible. He really went all nine yards, providing his son with 500 attractive ladies and every opportunity at sporting and games, all localized within the palace as to keep him distanced from human suffering. He became particularly interested in combat, and was even said to have mastered all training. He even won his wife in an archery competition, unequivocally proving there's an alternate universe where the Buddha was a badass soldier who fought injustice to the death, rated R for ridiculously wicked. Later, he and his wife went on to have a child together at around 16. Unfortunately for his dad, and little Gautama baby, he grew dissatisfied with the lavish destructions his father provided at around age 29. Now I know you're thinking, who the hell gets tired of 500 beautiful women? But if you think about it, there are only 365 days in a year. Eventually they'd just be like distant cousins you see at family events. I really think this probably would have been avoided if his dad gathered a new set of ladies maybe every two or three years, but I digress. Buddha ventured beyond the palace walls to see what life was truly like. Legend says he took three carriage rides upon the town, where he would become faced with some harsh realities. On the first carriage ride, he saw a diseased man. Upon the second, an old man. And on the third, he encountered a corpse. This was the Buddha's indoctrination to one of the truly universal human experiences, suffering. 
Everybody, no matter rich, poor, or can somehow sit through a baby crying at a movie theater, experiences some sort of suffering. He was distraught, coming to realize that all the ones he once loved would eventually fall to these conditions as well, and he had no relief to offer them in this realization. On his fourth trip to the town, the Buddha came across a begging spiritual seeker. The level of contentment this man seemed to carry, though not even knowing if his next meal would come, marveled the Buddha. He realized what he sought may lay in spiritual life. Siddhartha wasted little time. He packed and left secretly during the night, once again leaving the 500 beautiful ladies upon the shelf. Along his path, the Buddha met with many spiritual leaders across ancient northern India. He tried everything they promoted and was still unsatisfied. He learned of meditation as a way to understand the mind, but he felt it wasn't enough to achieve true enlightenment. He lived among a group of men who believed that through making the body suffer, you could attain freedom of mind. Yet he also found this to not quite be it. Frustrated that through all his experience, he still seemed no closer to enlightenment than when he left the palace, Siddhartha vowed to sit in meditation until the realization of true peace had befallen him. And boy was he anything but joking. He sat under the now famous tree known as Bodhigaya, where he remained in meditation for seven weeks. This man could have starved to death, but I honestly believe he would have been a-okay with that. Would have said some shit like, if I die, I was never meant to achieve true peace anyways. Anyways, catch y'all on the flip-flop. A man of his word, as he proved through countless instances like these. It was said that upon the 49th day, he achieved his goal and had finally reached enlightenment. The former prince had become the man we know today, the Buddha. Through the remainder of his years, the Buddha would bestow his enlightenment upon anyone who asked. He believed not in any form of safeguarding this knowledge. In fact, he's quoted as saying, I can die happily. I have not kept a single teaching hidden in a closed hand. Everything that is useful for you, I have already given. Be your own guiding light. That last part is really important to Buddhism. As opposed to other faith-based philosophies, the Buddha often invited people to openly challenge his teachings, encouraging them to test them for themselves. Buddhist culture reveres sacred text under the belief that we should always be asking questions, and that the beliefs may change over time. Building a philosophy that's much more grounded than many. The Buddha passed at age 80. Now if you're wondering what that enlightenment is, we'll get to that in the next episode. And that's it for this episode, ladies and gents. For now, stay cool, calm, and curious. I'll see you in the next episode.